proclaim the good news of Easter Sunday morning together. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. He, he is, is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made, and we welcome you on this Easter Sunday to the house of the Lord in which we celebrate the victory of God over the powers of sin and death. Let's greet one another. Turn and shake hands with your neighbor, if you would, please. We would love to have everyone share their names with us on the friendship pad as it passes your way. Note the names of those with whom you worship this morning and greet one another and join us in the coffee fellowship time following the service. You'll find the announcements of the week printed in the bulletin. Our children in the 9.30 and 11 o'clock hours will be taking the walk with Jesus in room 201, so you might want to note that. And then the other announcements of the week printed here. There is a pathway to membership in Laguna Presbyterian Church. We'll meet uh, on April the 17th at 10 a.m. in the, the fellowship hall here, and I'm going to be leading that group. And if you're interested in knowing more about who we are, what it is we believe, and what the mission of Laguna Presbyterian Church is about, we would invite you to be present with us at that time. There will be a short congregational meeting on April the 10th for the purpose of electing um, our congregation's uh, nominating committee. Follow along then in all the announcements of this week. We are joining with brothers and sisters this morning around the world to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, the triumph of God over all that destroys. Let us center ourselves now in prayer. Lord, in the joyful sound and the great music of the church, which we sing and celebrate this morning, we quieten our souls because we believe that you, the resurrected Lord Jesus, are present. You're present with us in every one of our hearts. You walk in our midst, that you have rolled the stone away, and life has burst forth, the first glimpse of the new creation. Fill our hearts with joy and expectation. We pray in your name. Amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship, which you'll find in your bulletin. The Lord who calls us today to worship is the same Jesus who refused the temptation to worship the evil one. Rather than receive the glorious kingdoms of this world, he endured the shame of the cross. And today is Lord of lords and King of kings. Now are gathered in him all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, glory and power. With the saints of all ages, we say, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And so, church, let us stand and sing, crown him with many crowns. Crown him with many crowns, the Lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns, all music 
Hear now our call to confession. The proof of God's amazing love is this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have raised Jesus from the grave and crowned him Lord of all. We confess that we have not bowed before him or acknowledged his rule in our lives. We have gone along with the way of the world and failed to give him glory. Forgive us and raise us from sin that we may be your faithful people, obeying the commands of our Lord Jesus Christ who rules the world and is head of the church, his body. Let us now take a minute for personal silent confession. You know that you were ransomed with the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. Like that of a lamb without defect or blemish, he was destined before the foundation of the world, but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him, you've come to trust in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are set on God. This is the good news. In Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Yeah.
reading through the Gospel of Matthew since last fall, we come to the story in chapters 27 and 28 this morning near the end of this Gospel. I want to begin the reading in chapter 27, verse 57 on page 33 in the New Testament. invite you to follow along. When it was evening, that is on Good Friday evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. So Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn in the rock. He then rolled a great stone to the door of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priest and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember what that imposter said while he was still alive. After three days, I will rise again. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may go and steal him away and tell the people, He has been raised from the dead, and the last deception would be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go and make it secure as you can. And so they went to the they went with the guard and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he's going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My Holy Week began last Monday morning very early in a doctor's waiting room. 
It was a regular appointment, and I arrived early. First appointment of the morning, and the waiting room was empty. I thought, ah, here is a space. I never go to a doctor's office for an appointment that I don't take reading material with me because I know it's likely to be a long wait. It just so happened that morning I was beginning to think about this morning. And I took out my small New Testament and by myself in the waiting room began to read the story that we just read. It was a holy space. And then a man walked into the room for his appointment. And he came over and was seated to my right. I didn't really look at his face. I really wasn't interested in encountering him face to face. I was involved in a story. But his ambience was good. His aura seemed to be safe and it was okay. I, the cocoon around me thickened. I centered in in my little space and then another man. He walked into the room and was seated across the room to my left. And there we sat for a few moments until the man next to me, to my right, his very large mobile device began to ring. And it was loud. And I thought to myself, surely he'll turn it off in just a moment. I felt my space was really being invaded and violated at that point. I sat there. I didn't say a thing. Until a few seconds later, it seemed like an eternity, the man over the other side of the room lost it emotionally. <laughs> and he began to shout, turn it off. The man acted as if he didn't hear him. He continued to talk. What was even worse, the speakerphone was on. And it was louder than the ring. And the three of us in the waiting room and the staff in the doctor's office, we all participated in the call. <laughs> it was an insignificant call, I can assure you. <laughs> and finally, the man across the room became so irritated that he stood up and he walked and he stood in front of me and he began to dress down the guy to my right. And he called him every name that you can possibly think of. And he called his mother a particular kind of woman. And the intensity began to build in that room, and I thought to myself, here I am with the Easter story in the middle of all of this, this conflict, and the next moment would I be refereeing a brawl between two men, and really, 
The men's comments about the men's mother began to stir my own feelings. I lost my mother a, a, few, a couple of months ago, and I thought to myself, how is it that I could be so on the verge of standing up and being a part of a brawl, not a referee, but caught up into the generalized anger of our time. Thankfully, things subsided, and I was delivered. And my week did not begin with me trying to punch out some guy <laughs> for God only knows what reason. I thought to myself, that's the kind of world into which Jesus came. That's the world of the gospel story, isn't it? A world filled with anger and all the symptoms of humanity's broken heart. A world in which presidential candidates have to defend the honor of their wives. One can only imagine what sort of a stage and prize fight that might be. The week continued and I remembered watching the big black SUV come down the alley behind the church as if nothing was there speeding as rapidly as possible, trying to find a way either in or out of Laguna with the Third Street Hill closed. Not aware of the danger to families and children trying to get across that alley. And there was a part of me that wanted to stand in the middle of the alley and stop the car and drag the guy out. Because my own anger is just bubbling there, just beneath the surface. To kind of top the week off, I saw Ron Reagan Jr. on television, and he was advertising for the Institute of the Separation of Church and Religion, and I have some concerns about that too. He said he'd seen politicians or religious people breaking into the life of the political order and trying to control it. And he said, we got to stop that and defend the Constitution. And I thought to myself, okay. And then with a smile on his face and with the authority of his father's name, he announced, I'm an atheist, you know. And I'm not afraid of burning in hell. I don't know what there was about that, but I wanted to take Ron out back. <laughs> and then the terrorists struck again in Brussels. And many innocent people killed and many wounded. And I suspect all of us are carrying a certain degree of anger of rage about what is happening in our world that seems to be spinning out of control and we want, would like nothing more than to impose our own order, our own control upon the world to bring it back to its senses for the sake of humanity.
And suddenly I realized I am more with the religious and political authorities in the story in Matthew than I had thought. It was no longer so easy to demonize them because they had many of the same concerns that I had. Jesus had confronted them, had been right in their face with a prophetic critique that called into existence their responsibility for maintaining and their stewardship for maintaining the temple and the well-being of the life of Israel. And they were aware that the world was always tottering on the brink of chaos and disorder and of human rage breaking forth in destructive ways. They were aware of that, and they wanted it stopped. Because if Jesus continued, it could destroy the whole nation. It's better that one man die for the nation than that the whole nation be destroyed. That's the kind of order that they were interested in. And so after it seemed that they had won the victory and imposed their own order and murdered Jesus, they made their appeal to the, to the Roman governor Pilate. And he sent a guard of soldiers down to the garden to guard the tomb to make sure that Jesus the impostor could not possibly be stolen away by his disciples. And the last deceit and falsehood would be worse than the first. And so they sealed the tomb. And the guards watched. And if that were the end of the story, Humanity would be lost and we would not be here this morning. But Matthew, he had his own story. And he wanted to tell that story. And I want to tell it this morning. He identified himself as the messenger and he had a message. And he intended the church to proclaim this message on Easter Sunday. That suddenly as the women were at the tomb that morning, there was a great earthquake. And if you've ever been in a church on a Sunday morning when there was an earthquake, and I assure you, it's a sobering moment. There was a shaking of the foundations. And an amazing thing that Matthew said, an angel of the Lord that Jesus had refused to call upon until that moment. But now an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and rolled the great stone away. And then he was seated on it. And all the hallelujah courses ought to break out at this point. Because the stone was rolled away. All of those devices, all of those stones that we roll up against our lives to keep the presence and the power of God out of our lives and life under control, God rolled the stone away. And he said on it as if in ridicule of the powers of the world. And so there's an element of ridicule in the message this morning 
It's a part of the good news. It says you can do all that you think you can do to keep God out of life and out of the messiness of life and to assume the role of God yourself. You can do all that you think you can do. And in the final analysis, you're powerless. You don't have the control. There's a God and it's not you. And it's not this nation. And it's not any of our politicians. It's not this church. It's not Jerry. There's a God. And the angel, his appearance was like lightning and his clothes like snow. And the guards who had been sent out were petrified with fear. And they shook and it was as if they were dead. And the women, there they were. And the angel of the Lord said to them, I know whom you're seeking. You're seeking Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ, who was crucified, dead, and buried. He is not here. Or in Luke's gospel, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? He is not here. But get up. And you go to the disciples and you tell them for them to be on their way to Galilee for there they will see Jesus, the resurrected Christ. And as they were on their way, the living Christ, the resurrected Christ met them and once again said, I'm on my way to Galilee. You tell my disciples, they will see me there. And what a meeting it was. Peter, who had denied Jesus three times, I mean, the, all the apostolic band, all these great heroes of the faith, they had returned to fishing. Peter's own failures were like a stone of sin and guilt and shame that had been rolled up against the tomb of his life to trap him in that destiny forever. And it was while they were fishing without catching anything that the stranger occurred that early morning hour in Galilee and asked, are you catching anything? No, we haven't caught a thing. Well, why don't you throw the net on the other side? They did so, and the nets filled up, and suddenly John whispered to Peter, it's the Lord. How'd you like to have that experience? And Peter, who was naked, put his clothes on and jumped into the water. And he swam to the shore, and the others pulled the 153 fish into the shore. And when they arrived, the stranger had cooked breakfast. And the bread was baking, and the fish were on the grill. And they knew it was the Lord. Finally, in the morning conversation, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And three more times, the resurrected Lord said 
Simon, son of John, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Tend my sheep, feed my lambs. And in that moment, Peter's threefold denial of Jesus was reversed and he was restored and the stone of his own brokenness was rolled away. And Jesus said, Peter, when you were a young man, you used to get up every morning and put your pants on by yourself. But the day is going to come when someone else is going to put a belt around you and take you to where you may not choose to go. And so the church began to be born in the midst of chaos and disorder, in the midst of anger and the brokenness of human existence, in a world filled with violence and hatred, a world that was always tottering on the brink of despair, of hopelessness. A church was born in the midst of a group of broken disciples who had experienced the stone rolled away from their own lives, had experienced the heart of stone that was within them taken out and a new heart of flesh given to them upon which the law of God was written and the Holy Spirit was poured out so that humans in the power of the Spirit of the living Christ might manifest the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, And last of all, self-control, inspired by the Spirit, not by our own inner wretchedness, but filled with the Spirit of the resurrected Christ. And that's why we're here this morning. The Holy Spirit has brought us here. We're not here by an accident. We're here to meet the resurrected Christ. You ask me how I know he lives. I know he lives. He's alive in my heart. And God is able to vindicate his own self. And he gives us the courage and the power to say no to all those dimensions of ourselves that we wish weren't there, but we know which are there. Anger that can get out of control and lash out and mistreat others, and verbally give others beatings, and humiliate people. How many of us have suffered verbal abuse? Or injustice of one kind or another? So much so that we're here this morning, and the suds level of our anger is right up to here, and we're not sure what might happen that could pop that bubble and cause us to say and do things that would embarrass ourselves and our families. resurrected Christ wants to heal our hearts, fill us with himself, make us whole, and he's able. He is able, even though we may have rolled the stone against our very being and sealed the stone so no one can get in. God is able. to roll the stone away and to break the seal and to soften our inner being. Thanks be to God. 
Stand with me and let's affirm our faith. Together we affirm that we believe in the Jesus who healed and the Jesus who was arrested. We believe in the Jesus who was abused and the Jesus who abused not in return. We believe in the Jesus who was called a traitor and the Jesus who was a peacemaker. We believe in the Jesus who was falsely accused and the Jesus who turned those accusations back on his accusers. We believe in the Jesus who was crucified and the Jesus who forgave his crucifiers as they watched the breath of life leave him. We believe that the Jesus who was buried on Friday is the Christ who rose on Sunday. And because we believe this, we affirm Jesus to be the Christ, Son of the living God, Savior, Liberator, long-awaited Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords, we gladly proclaim the day of Christ's resurrection to be the Easter for all generations. Glory to God, our Savior lives. Amen. You may be seated as we receive our morning offering. John. 
Risen Lord, with all the company in heaven, we rejoice that you have shattered the power of sin and death, that you are alive, and that your love prevails. In deep gratitude, we offer before you all that we're able, these gifts, our words, our prayers. We thank you that in your cross and resurrection, you save and heal us and our world from all our broken ways. We entrust to you today those whose present lot in life makes them desperate for hope and healing. Oh God, you are ever able to do more than we could ever ask or think. So let your love bid once again for each of our hearts until the day when the kingdom of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Even as we pray together for the full coming of your kingdom, as you have taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The Apostle Paul confessed to the church, I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a man of violence. But the grace of God overflowed for me, and it changed my life. I became identified with the cross. He said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Go forth with Easter joy and thanksgiving in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 